Live from the WTAD studios in the Lincoln Douglas Building in downtown Quincy, it's time to pull up a chair and assemble today's WTAD News Roundtable. It's time to get rambling. Welcome to Monday edition of the News Roundtable Iowa Caucus Day. I fired off a four-part question to our connection in Iowa, the Iowa Republican Craig Robinson, about the caucuses uh, today. Those of you listening in uh, Lee County and points northward, uh, get out, get involved, be a part of the process uh, today. You, you have a responsibility as a Hawkeye stater to uh, get involved with the Hawkeye Hawkeye first in the nation uh, status should be an interesting evening when uh, caucus results uh, start coming in the question that I had for uh, Craig Robinson revolved around Bernie and the DNC and how he's polling out in front of everybody and it, I've got that deja vu from four years ago when Bernie was polling well and then ended up in a quote-unquote, statistical tie with Hillary, and then they went to the coin flippage, which is the oddest thing that I uh, can remember happening at the uh, Cockeye, and Bernie losing a bunch of coin flips in a row. Hey, what do you know? And then coming to the realization that the Clintons were floating the DNC, and were they really going to let her lose uh, when she was the one cutting the check? Now the DNC is being floated by Michael Bloomberg who's not caucusing in Iowa, but are the, is the DNC concerned about burning enough that they would already move to block, or are they going to go ahead and let Bernie have Iowa? And th- those were amongst the questions in the long-form, four-part question that I threw Craig Robinson's way, waiting to hear back from him. Coming up on the back half of today's show, we're going to be joined by Senator Jill Tracy uh, to ask about uh, Governor Pritzker's State of the State address. He kind of get a pink, a peek towards his budget address that's coming up because maybe some of the things that were we were left wanting about the State of the State address will pop up in the budget address. Maybe we'll talk with uh, Senator Jill Tracy about uh, those things and more coming up on the back half of the show. Uh first things first what congratulations Kansas City Chiefs fans uh out there. I know it's been a long long time uh coming. Enjoy this one and enjoy the uh subsequent parade that will be coming to uh, downtown Kansas City. And in with the latest from the WTAD newsroom, say good Monday morning to Scott Hardy. Good morning, Quaid. Good morning, everybody. And to those voters in Iowa, remember, do like we do in Illinois, vote early, vote often. A Kirksville, Missouri man was killed Sunday afternoon after a two-vehicle collision in northern Missouri's Putnam County. According to the Missouri State Highway Patrol, 54-year-old Clell Evans was Kirks- of Kirksville was pronounced dead at Northeast Missouri Medical Center. They say the accident happened around 1 o'clock on Route W, a mile west of Martinstown. According to a report, Evans was uh, towing a trailer when he tried to pass a pickup being driven by 58-year-old Merle Lusher of Greencastle. The trailer hit the truck and Evans' vehicle flipped, fatally injuring him. 
The Adams, Adams County authorities say that they arrested a driver after a high-speed traffic chase and stop early Sunday morning. According to the Adams County Sheriff's Office, the, the uh, suspect has been identified as 25-year-old Shelton Laird of Payson. He faces charges of DUI, fleeing or attempting to elude, speeding, reckless driving, and restricting and obstructing a police officer. According to the uh, Sheriff's Office, deputies tried to conduct a traffic stop on uh, the pickup driven by Laird. He was traveling at a high rate of speed southbound on the Plaindale Blacktop around 125 Sunday morning. They said Laird then pulled onto the driveway of a residence, drove through a yard toward his residence, and then hit a tree. Laird's accused of then getting out of the vehicle and fleeing. He was located in a nearby field. Adams County deputies got help from the Quincy Police Department's canine unit. Laird is in the Adams County Jail. Pittsfield Police and the Pike County, Illinois Sheriff's Department say they executed a search warrant last week at a residence in the 200 block of South Walnut Street in Pittsfield. According to Pittsfield Police, five people were arrested and charged with meth-related offenses. During a search of the residence, officers say they recovered property believed to have been stolen during the course of several residential burglaries. Those burglaries had not yet been reported to law enforcement. The victims hadn't discovered that the residences had been burglarized. Authorities say they recovered over $20,000 worth of stolen property. Law enforcement contacted a victim who was able to check his home surveillance system and discovered the burglary was captured on video. Additional charges have been filed against 42-year-old David Pressy of Pittsfield for residential burglary and theft. Pressy's already on supervised release from the Illinois Department of Corrections. 54-year-old Stephen Wooldridge of Pittsfield was also charged with counts of residential burglary and theft. Both remain in the Pike County, Illinois jail. While, you, while folks in the area might want to start worrying about the coronavirus, local health officials say you should also worry about another disease that's a, a lot more common. KHQA-TV's Chad Douglas explains. While many people may be worried about reports of the coronavirus, local doctors say the prevalence of the flu epidemic is what you should be worried about. The CDC estimates this year's outbreak at 15 million cases of the flu, with 140,000 hospitalizations and more than 8,000 deaths this flu season alone. Local health experts say the recommended steps to prevent the flu are the same for avoiding the coronavirus. And while there is no vaccination for the coronavirus, there is one to prevent the flu. And it's one blessing health system says you should get if you haven't already. Thank you, Chad. A hearing in the civil suit filed by an Iowa woman against Chaddock claiming it was negligent in allowing her then 15-year-old daughter to sneak off campus in 2017, where she was then allegedly beaten and sexually assaulted, is set for today. Lawyers for both Chaddock and Kim Jensen are due to hold a conference call hearing in U.S. District Court in Springfield. Records show the case won't go to trial until October 20th. Records also show both sides think a settlement is possible, but that Jensen's lawyers said earlier they needed more discovery in the case. That's what caused a trial date set for January to be delayed. Jensen claims that her adopted daughter, identified as KJ, walked out the front door of her cottage in late August 2017 with two other girls. Jensen alleges the three were taken to a party at a home in the 400 block of Spruce in Quincy, where the alleged assault happens. happened. Rather, Jensen's asking for $75,000 in punitive damages. And a boil order is in effect for a section of Quincy's north side. The city utilities department said that it had to shut off water service Sunday for about six hours to North 20th Street from Spruce to Sycamore. That service was turned on at around 5 o'clock yesterday afternoon. But again, if you live on North 20th Street from Spruce to Sycamore, you'll be under a boil order until at least 5 o'clock this afternoon and maybe longer. That is a look at the latest in local news. Of course, we'll have more for you throughout the afternoon right here on WTAD.com and also on our Twitter uh, and our social media pages, rather, 
including Twitter and Facebook. And the uh, city council will get uh, a presentation tonight about revenue projections for the upcoming fiscal budget. Tricky, tricky, tricky with those. Well, yeah, I mean, it's like you're you're you know you're trying to draw from the knowledge that you had and what you think the state is going to do. <laughs> well, and, I, and I'm trying to think of a time previously when we had. Uh, a situation where the 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 playing field, the map was so different as far as revenue coming in, and I and I can't remember one recently within the last you know ten twenty years where so much different uh, as far as revenue coming into an area, you know, the the, the possibilities of revenue coming into the area was uh, so different. Usually, you've got things that you can predict and you know how it's going to work, but with these new additions. How do you quantify for that? How do you, how do you, you know, it's, it's going to take some time before you really know what you're going to settle on and can predict. Well, they've, they've probably, and when I mean they, I mean city treasurer Linda Moore and city uh, auditor uh, Sherry Ray, or comptroller Sherry Ray, they've probably gotten some estimates from folks like the Illinois Municipal League and things like that. Mm-hmm. But like you said, it's one thing to get an estimate on what might happen and then a year later, turn around and see exactly just what did right. happen. I mean, and that's something that they go through every year because that happens with uh, certain things like uh, certain parts of the sales tax and also uh, property taxes that are rebated uh, you know, to them or certain taxes that the state collects that are rebated back to the city and other cities. That changes every year as well. So yeah, it's kind of like it's kind of like a balancing act where it's like most of the wire that you're going to walk across is in shrouded in fog. Really, that's kind of what it's like. Uh, and uh, the flu. This is, and I've heard this before, but fascinating to hear Chad Douglas. The flu is greater than the coronavirus, at least in this area, in this point in time. No, we're not Wuhan, China. So I, I get it, but no, but it's, numbers wise, yeah, there's, the flu wreaks more havoc. Several cases in Chicago, and it is starting to spread, and it's been called a pandemic worldwide. But I know the World Health Organization has labeled it as such, and what emergency and right all of that. So, all right. Uh, thank you very much, sir. It's 1017. We'll take a time out. When we come back, uh, Senator Jill Tracy, next on the News Roundtable. WTAD. Welcome back to the News Roundtable, Talk Radio 930 WTAD. Uh, we are pleased to be joined by Senator Jill Tracy. Good morning, Senator. Good morning. Uh, last week, Governor Pritzker delivered his uh, State of the State address. There were several things that uh, people were looking for from the governor. He touched on uh, some of those things, but he didn't really dig deep into it. Ethics. Uh, is something that uh, Governor Pritzker mentioned actually in both of his State of the State addresses, but the, this past year has been a, a, a difficult one for state insiders with the feds wiretapping uh, people's homes, uh, raiding people's homes to get documents. Uh, do you believe Governor Pritzker is, to, to, to borrow his words, truly invested into weeding out corruption in Springfield and Chicago? I want to believe he is. Uh, we can't ignore that three Democratic legislators in the last six months have pled guilty to 
two have pled guilty in criminal court um, and in federal court, and then another one has been indicted in federal court. And so the cloud of corruption, as you say, just hangs over the Capitol, and the governor is the Democratic head of the, the state party by being um, governor. And not only that, Mike Madigan, the Speaker of the House, is actually the head of the Democratic Party in the state of Illinois. So I, I want to believe, and there's some very good ethics legislation that the Senate Republicans have put forth, and there's some very good legislation that the, the House Republicans have put forth. So I hope... We, well, I know we will hold him to what he has said, that uh, it is time to root out the corruption. Um, you may have seen that just last Wednesday, a uh, ex-state legislator who's now a, a county board chairman in McHenry, uh, the state police seized records from Speaker Madigan's office related to sexual harassment charges, and actually they were of a nature of criminal sexual harassment uh, allegations. So, uh, you know, there, it just it seems like you're always um, one shoe is dropping after the other. The good thing is that uh, it looks like the protocol is better in the speaker's office. This goes back to 18, and at least it looks like they did follow better protocol in trying to bring these things to light. So that's an advancement, but it's just very troubling. And even more troubling in the governor's speech, you know, I always like to – Stay optimistic because it's the big beginning of session with a state of state. But what was lacking, he did not mention the fair maps, the redistricting that will be done by the two Democrat state leaders in the General Assembly, Speaker Madigan and now uh, Senate President Harmon. They draw the maps. And we have a great resolution in the Senate that was filed by a Democrat, Senator Julie Morrison, and there's enough all of the uh, the Senate Republicans signed on to this resolution, but it would allow us to vote for a fair maps amendment, change the way that Illinois draws its legislative maps, and make them independent, nonpartisan. And that would help drastically be a start of rooting out all the corruption uh, that we have in the state legislature. State Senator uh, Scott Hardy here. You mentioned you mentioned shoes dropping. Well, some of those shoes have been dropping a little closer to our part of the state as well. And I think I know the answer to this, but I need to ask you anyway. You weren't copied on that email chain in 2012 from Mike McLean about uh, Forrest Ashby, were you? No, absolutely not. Mm-hmm. No, uh, it was strictly a partisan type of email going to um, the Governor Quinn's uh, chief of staff at the time. And, no, it was strictly a partisan-type uh, email, and I, I was not copied. Okay, okay. You, you were talking about uh, the fair match. Governor Pritzker, during his campaign, talked about that being one of the things that needs to be addressed, and yet it, it still hasn't. I know that you've got, we've got the census uh, coming up, but uh, you also mentioned uh, Don Harmon, the new president of the Senate. Do you believe Harmon's leadership can kind of help steer uh, the Senate in a in a different direction, or is he cut from the same cloth as previous leadership? Well, he had worked previously as Speaker Madigan's assistant attorney um, in the House years ago. But I will say I have noticed that he has taken small steps to what I believe is improved the way business is done in the Senate. For instance, um, we start on time now, and that's. He eliminated what we used to call Senate time, where uh, 
you know, you just couldn't count when the Senate was going to go in session, depending when um, certain members of the committee got there or whatever. But he has been, um, you know, it's a small change, but it it really uh, showed that he was taking his role as the leader of the Senate very seriously. And also his committees are, are more fairly drawn um very they were very uh partisan drawn in the past so i've got a hope that uh he is going to rise to a leadership role of a, a different level and there you know as i said this this resolution that's sitting there in the senate chambers would be a big step in getting the redistricting amendment on the ballot, the Fair Maps Amendment is what we call it, and then I think there would be huge pressure on Speaker Madigan to call that, because I think his members feel the pressure and understand that, yes, it's time we change the way we draw our legislative maps and not favor one party over another, and that's going to help bring back some dignity and respect in the state legislature and, and help root out the corruption. Our guest this morning on the News Roundtable, Senator Jill Tracy. Property taxes. Uh, On the House side, the the huge 88-member task force uh, has delivered, well, nothing but a late, rough draft. And with promises of wage increases uh, coming uh, to uh, Illinois communities, uh, people are going to be voting on actually raising property taxes to pay for that. Uh, That's kind of the opposite of lowering property taxes. Uh, did you expect more from the governor when uh, discussing property taxes here in the state? Well, I did, and I, I sat on that task force, and uh, the draft report left out many good Republican ideas that were brought forth in that, the House and the Senate, and that's why it sits there as a draft, because we're not willing to sign on until we really – the report just gave vague ideas of what might reduce property taxes. Well, we have got to go steps further and really put forth solutions that are going to uh, fund education, fund local governments, so that we can get off of a, a system that our school property taxes are so high locally, uh, and and that that's a big big task. But it it can be done, and we just have to rein in our spending in some other areas. And as you know, the state constitution requires the state to do to fund public education and we've got far beyond that now with so much emphasis on the local side funding it and uh so there are solutions out there and it's it's driving people out of illinois and it is a huge concern to every resident in illinois and it's got to be dealt with so i'm hoping we can take that task force step further and really get some nuts and bolts in there that's going to address the property tax dilemma that we have in the state. We've got time for uh, one final uh, topic. Uh, the uh, We haven't really got into it, but the pension bone's connected to the spending bone, and you brought up spending. Uh, is there any desire from uh, the Democrat supermajorities in the Senate and the House to cap spending, uh, at least put a, put a cap on it until we can more accurately calculate revenue that's coming in additionally from gambling and marijuana that, that we really don't know how that's going to flow yet? I don't see it yet. You know, it's it's they they talk about this graduated income tax is going to be the panacea that's going to 
save our state, but they have not reined in their spending and their desires for these huge programs. That we That's the key to getting uh, all of it back in check is to limit the spending and concentrate on the revenues we have. Now, the, the real key, you mentioned property taxes, getting our economic growth going in the state. Uh, our unemployment's low, but it's not as low as the neighboring states. And people are leaving the state because of uh, not great job opportunities in our rural areas and uh, the property tax burden. So uh, if we can put policies in place that will help our natural revenue growth grow and that will help in the end get our property tax burden down because you've got more people paying it. So, you know, it's just a simple little policy, but it, it really will work. And, and so I'm going to be plugging for the governor to help us get those policies in place and make it so that businesses can grow and flourish and give the residents of Illinois good quality jobs that will help them pay their taxes, uh, the property taxes and the like, uh, and keep a handle on any new spending growth and, and any new taxes. All right. So it seems like uh, still a lot of work to be done uh, in Springfield as we await the uh, budget address coming up from Governor Pritzker. Senator Jill Tracy, always a pleasure to have you on the show. Thank you for being here this morning. Thank you. That is the Monday edition of the News Roundtable. We'll be back in tomorrow morning. I'm sure talking about uh, the Iowa caucuses and the coming uh, upcoming State of the Union address, which is uh, coming up tomorrow night as well. We'll get into both of those things tomorrow on the News Roundtable. The News Roundtable will reconvene tomorrow morning at 10.06 a.m. on AM 930 WTAD. Podcast available online at WTAD.com.